today on Lockdown Red Wings. Should the Red Wings go out there and get remaining free agent John Klingberg? Also, will these Detroit Red Wings prospects make the roster out of training camp? Locked on Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a producer, podcast producer for WWJ News Radio 950. Well, Scotty is a freelance journalist for the Detroit News as well as the host of Locked On Tigers. I was thinking about this the other day, Scotty. I work for a news radio station now. So am I, by proxy, also a writer now? Do you write for a living? Well, don't ask me that. Just answer the question. (laughs) Am I a writer now? Uh, do you write stuff that gets published? I write headlines, and then I write the little descriptions when posting audio clips. I, I, I write things. I don't write articles. If you were to meet someone for the first time, and they were like, hey, are you a writer? What will your answer be? I'll be, if you ask my friend Scotty, yes, I am. <laughs> I hate that. I hate everything about that. <laughs> All right. Uh Anyways, enough with messing with Scotty. So a couple days ago on uh, 32 Thoughts podcast, Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman linked right-handed, uh, right defenseman John Klingberg to the Red Wings, suggesting Detroit as the ultimate destinations uh, for him. And although the caveat to that being he at the term, not at the term that he wanted, And we've talked about John Klingberg a lot over this past season. In fact, when we first started looking ahead at free agency, he was somebody that I pointed out as somebody I wanted in a Detroit Red Wings uniform because of that insane offensive upside that he brings. But as the season went on and I looked more and more into him, I kind of soured on him. You know, he is he's already, I believe, 31 years old. Um, I'm sorry, that's not true. He's 29 years old at this point. Uh, but he'll be on the wrong side of 30 very shortly. Well, he's have... going to be 30 literally in like two weeks. In so. like two weeks. So he's about to, he'll be 30 by the time the season starts. He's got tremendous offensive upside as a defenseman. But defensively, he leaves a lot left to be desired. And this is a team that's trying to get better defensively. And we already have a guy in Philip Hronick who has that offensive upside that you're looking for. Do we need to carry two guys at that? and one who's going to be much older and carry a term out of his prime. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Like we, we did the conversation literally yesterday about like the, the third line for defense is, is a little, um, you know, still you could bring in somebody else. It, like the, we don't have six dudes that you're walking in there with uh, on the blue line that are like these six dudes are the six that be really good um uh like every, they're gonna be the six guys all year like the third line is pretty wishy-washy still to be honest with you on the, on the on the blue line as far as who will be there every day and and we're gonna talk you know about Edmondson and whatever later in the show but um like obviously you don't pair him with Heronic but like yeah, you know if you nah. if you brought him in and, and made him whatever hit the second line and then Heronic was the th- 
third or, or if you want to do vice versa. But like, it, you know, in in theory, like I, I don't think it's like, oh, his style of play is it prevents him from being effective here. I think this is like we like why why like I, I'm not sure there's an overwhelming desire or or need to make sure that John Klingberg was a Detroit Red Wing. Like he, if he came in and we didn't have to to like do too much or, or you know like like move enough around to make sure that he was here i guess i'd be fine with it but i I don't i don't think this is uh like i'm gonna go completely out of my way to make sure that john klingberg is a red wing type of player you know what i mean yeah so there are a couple of factors really to focus in on with john klingberg that i don't think there's really necessarily room on this roster for another player like him especially when as you can see here if you're looking at the player card you know his goals above replacement for offense are stellar he's a top 20% 20% defenseman when it comes to producing offense, but his defensive defensive rank is two. In fact, his defensive goals above replacement is so bad, Scotty, that it falls outside the range in which evolving hockey can track. That's what that little dotted line means um, by that bar. His expected goals above replacement fall so bad for, so excuse me, fall so poorly outside of the range that it cannot track it. And that is very concerning. But there is something to consider with the fact that he played as well, just like Ben Sherratt, played a lot of top-line minutes. You can see it down in his distribution down here um, in the player card. He played the bulk of his minutes on either pair one or pair two. And on this Red Wings team, he probably is not going to play pair one. And on this Red Wings team, if, if the reports are true and he doesn't get the term that he wants, if you sign John Kling- Klingberg, who's about to turn 32, a three-max four-year deal, and you put him on pair two, which would knock Kronik down to pair three, you know, in an ideal world, at least in my opinion, you know, no, or maybe you put him on I pair agree. three, yeah. then you may, you know, maybe you get better production out of him because he's playing in a less, you know, with less responsibility on his shoulder. A lot like your argument you made the other day about Philip Peronik with, you know, only Mata giving him more, um, more availability to do what he wants, you know, be a little bit more creative. You could see that make the same argument with John Klingberg if you bring him in. So I think, you know, the argument could be made. Okay, also, he's a six foot two Swede defenseman, which also is something that uh, Steve Eisman loves a lot. So I think the argument could be made if the term is right. And that's always the caveat. That's always the caveat. But if it's just three or four years, like, and that's a dream world, but if it's three or four years and you can put him on the second or third pairing, there's a world where this is actually a pretty sneaky good signing for the Detroit Red Wings to produce more offense. It's just, do you need another guy on an already I won't say necessarily deep, but crowded defensive core after all the signings Eisman has made. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, like I said, like I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not against him ending up here and, and, and he would, uh, if you know, like we looked at the third line and what the third line is going to look like yesterday. And there's no way, you know, objectively, if you were to, to bring in, John Klingberg, then the 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 defensive six guys, how, whoever you predict to be at the bottom two pairing, uh, would improve. Uh, you know, you can kick out who, whoever ends up being the thirdsman. Um, it, it it would be be better, and uh, that that that's pretty objective. The thing is, is it going to get is it improve enough to what you are. Uh, like you know, gonna have to 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 pay him, etc. To to justify going 
going out of your way to bring him in. Like, and if he ends up here, that that's fine. And I'm, I'm pumped. Like, again, it's an improvement over what we currently have there uh, out of the, the, the six people you pulled to be on the blue line. But at the same time, it's, um, I, I don't think I'd like move mountains to make sure that, that John Klingberg was a Detroit Red Wing either. Yeah, I mean, again, like I said, I, I'd be okay with it if they signed him, depending on the term. But he's not somebody I'm going out there and I'm like, let's get, like, six months ago, you asked me, I'd be like, yeah, let's get him. Now I'm like, I probably don't really need him. Um, I think eventually he will get a paid a pretty decent contract and go somewhere if he does not end up staying in Dallas. But, I mean, you look at your defensive core as it stands after you signed, what, three defensemen on day one and day two of free agency. So now you have... Mm-hmm. Uh, you have De- or not to Kaiser, almost to Kaiser, Sider, Shiro, Olimata, Philip Peronic, uh, Mark Pissick, Jordan Osterlate, Jake Wallman when he gets healthy, and that's seven. And I, I feel like I'm forgetting, well, Simon Edmondson, possibly, who we'll talk about next segment, by the way, guys. So stay tuned. But I mean, you signed John Klingberg, and now you have not Stephen Comfer. Oh my god, they signed Stephen Comfer oh, yeah. before free agency even opened out of Europe. So I mean, now you have. The potential, if you sign Klingberg, potential of, what, nine defensemen? I mean, that's good. It's a good problem to have. But, you know, who's the odd man out? And what's, you know, it's just, there's, like like I said, there's an argument to be made. It just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. And I put a lot of faith. You know, Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick aren't nobodies. And so when they say things like that, they don't say it without a basis. They don't say it without having had heard rumors. My big thing is just, why? Yeah, no, I mean that. That's again, me too. Like I, 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 um, um, if he ends up here and and you know they they make room and don't do anything brash to make sure that there's room for him, like I'll I'll be okay with it and I'll be you know pretty pretty happy with the end result. But I'm just as it stands right now, like optically, I'm not really sure how or why that's like a thing the Red Wings would go out of their way to make sure happen. Yeah. And uh, again, with the possibility of Simon Edmondson making this team, you know, that's going to add another piece that you have to consider. Of, of course, he has to earn it. And we'll talk about that. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about Bill Bar from the people who invented healthy and take. Screw the read. Screw the read, Scotty. We're going off. We're going off the board here. They sent us recently another box of Bill Bars. And they sent us, what, cookie dough and s'more. The cookie dough was a puff, and the s'more was a regular bar. That cookie dough puff was legit delicious. It actually had chunks of cookie dough in the puff. And you know what? And I'll be honest. The first time I tried a puff, I was a little unsure whether or not I liked it. And the more and more I have a puff, it's it's just I, I love it more and more over the regular built Bar. And the cookie dough one is another one that I've really liked. First, it was the... Uh, the um, birthday cake they sent us. Then it was, I think, a chocolate chunk or a brownie. And now it was cookie dough. And all three of those puffs have been legit amazing. That it's almost unfair that there are protein bars that taste this good. And I'm going to sound like I'm reading the read here, but are good for you. They have a lot of protein and they have low carbs. So if you're like me and I'm trying to get you know a little bit bigger at the gym, uh, built bars are for you. It's true. I go to the gym. I'm trying, man. You're just laughing at me. Say something. <laughs> if you're like me and trying to get bigger at the gym was just funny. I, I go five days a week. I just I don't know. I know you shakes. do. It's just, you know, like, it's just, it's just funny. 
Oh, Scotty. I'm just imagining like, absolutely just like swole. He just sits down I used one to day be little, way bigger. I like to imagine I used to be a little bit buffer, but I was never like ripped or jacked or anything. So I mean, thanks to Bill Barr. Soon, soon. soon. And thanks to the fact that I work a normal schedule again. Thank you, WWJ. I, I appreciate you for the normal schedule. Much appreciated. Anyways, check out Bill Barr Puffs. They are amazing. And that is a like a genuine stamp of approval right there. I really, yeah, really they're, enjoy they're them. They're unreal. I, I took a box over to my buddy's house and we ate the entire box in that night. Um, it was unbelievable. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com if you want to get swole like me. Segment two, Locked on Red Wings podcast. <laughs> so ridiculous. Um, Scotty and I are going to transition now to talking about a couple of prospects we feel have a legitimate shot of making the Red Wings roster despite how crowded it is. And you know what? It's crowded for all the right reasons. Because Steve Eisenman doesn't want to just hand roster spots over to these rookies. They have to earn it. They have to play at training camp and in preseason like an NHL caliber player. And look who earned it last year. Lucas Raymond earned it. Going into that, there were very few people, and I think Nolan was actually on the Lucas Raymond to make the team train. He so was credit, he was one of the Nolan. first. No, he was uh I, I always I give him credit to this day because he started it back in like he started before Steve Eiserman knew because even Steve yeah, Eiserman said it was he was like, going to go to the it was AHL. Like April or May. Like this the previous season, I think it was actually right after the the last season ended. Like not last season, the season before last ended. And yeah, he, he was straight up like uh he was like, Yeah, like Raymond's making the team out of camp next year. And I was like, You are wild dog. And then sure enough, yeah, I, I still give him credit to this day. Well, I mean, you know, even with the Verona injury, it was still like there's still a lot of players in that lineup on that roster, and he still beat them out and played top line minutes off the bat. And like I said, even Steve Eisman was amazed. So Simon Edvinson, Jonathan Bergeron and Elmer Soderblom are three guys who I'm looking at going into this training camp as guys who could potentially make the roster. Now, notice I left off William Wallander. That's because Steve Eisman, and granted, he could pull a Lucas Raymond. I guess it is it is fair to say this, that this the what the under-20 player of the year for the SHL could make the roster if he just impresses. But early indications say that he's going to play another year with Rogla of the SHL. I'm getting really good at pronouncing that, by the way. But... Simon Edvinson, let's lead off with this guy because he's the biggest name the Red Wings uh, fans are looking at. He was uh, selected in the 2021 draft, sixth overall. Scotty, do we think that with as many defensemen are already under contract at the NHL level with the Red Wings, that Simon Edvinson could just not just make the roster but play meaningful minutes with the Detroit Red Wings? Um, Yes, I do. And I, I think that... Um... I think that we will actually have a real pulse on how the organization feels and how um, he is progressing through camp and preseason, uh, which we he will I will almost uh, assuredly assume that that he will be here for both of those events. Um, so I I think that then is when so like with if we're just going to compare it side by side to the Raymond thing, right, Raymond. All offseason, the general consensus was like, no, like probably not, right? And then 
he got to preseason and and he looked really really sharp and everybody was like oh like maybe um and then he made the team and we were like oh my goodness like this is awesome you know kind of surprising but he did play really well in the preseason and then a front office was like hey like idiots like no Verana he was pretty much always going to and we were like oh yeah so like you know what I mean so like like with Edvinson I think it's it's you know, it, it might be a situation where right now, I, I don't know. I, I go back and forth on like where I'm at right now. If, if you had to ask me today, July 21st, I'd probably say he like first day. No, but like, I, I think that he does play meaningful minutes this season. Just maybe not on opening night. I don't know. I go back and forth a lot. See, and that, I'm in the same boat as you. I, I saw coming out of the season. Like as the season ended, I was like, "Yeah, he's pretty much a lock to make the seat, make the team." And Steve Eiserman during the exit interviews, they asked him about Simon Edvinson, and there he was, you know, Steve Eiserman the way he was. But he said a few things that would lead you to believe that Edvinson had a legitimate shot, and he does. He very much so does. He had a phenomenal year in the SHL with Frulunda that ended up ended him with being a finalist for Rookie of the Year. He had 19 points in 44. Uh, games 17 of those were being were assists just two were goals but offense isn't his game like he I mean it's, it's been noted that he doesn't have quite the offensive upside as Moritz Sider and nor should you compare him to Moritz Sider but what he excels at is using his size using his stick length inside the defensive zone he's very good at gap control he's very physical and when he does get the puck on his stick it's hard to knock him off the puck he is you know touted at six foot six as his top level defensive defenseman in fact i'll even i'll just read you the blurb because this blurb that elite prospects has on him from the last year's draft it's just is everything you need to know about this guy edvinson is a detailed defender with high level in zone instincts a, a tight neutral zone gap well-timed physicality and supporting instincts to match he maneuvers with the puck kept in his hip pocket with his top hand in control free from his body with a smooth and gracious skating stride scaffolded on top of those mechanical handling skills. A lot of really nice adjectives here. Evanson's tools seem to take him to rarefied air as a puck carrier. So not only is he so he's very solid in the defensive zone, but he's good at zone exits as well, which is something this team struggled at uh, this past year. So this is from the draft, and he only improved on it this past year. We've heard and saw highlights all year long about how much he has improved. Yes, he's going to have to earn it, Scotty, but... I think he very well could. I mean, Lucas Raymond, like we said, we keep going back to Lucas Raymond. But Moritz Sider had to earn it too. And these guys earned it. So if he's ready, he will make the team. But he will not make the team unless he can play meaningful minutes right off the bat because they're not going to have him make the team and then just healthy scratch him every night. Yeah, for sure. And and that we kind of had a similar conversation with Valeno this year, right, where we yeah. were like, hey, he probably deserves to be on the team. But, like, if, if he's not going to get minutes, there's no point. So I absolutely agree with that. The thing is the the as we just talked about in the first segment, the third line for this team is is uh, it, it I don't want to say bad because it's not a, a train wreck like it was last year, but um, it, it's certainly a lot more of uh, probably like a revolving door situation where like the the top four I think are pretty much solidified, whereas. The, the bottom two there on the blue line are, are, are kind of a, a little more of a conversation to have. So I think that it's just fascinating in the sense that he could 
the second he gets called up, you could plug him on the third line and give him 12 minutes a night. And I, I think that you could get him consistent playing time because I don't think there, there's anybody in the, the leftovers is probably like a really insulting way to put that. But <laughs> for the, the remainders from like the top four defensemen, like everybody else, I don't think there's anybody in that group that is going to uh, – demand or, or or deserve like solidified guaranteed playing time over Edvinson uh when 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 he is ready to come up I I can't imagine that there's anybody in that group that that's going to be like hey like this guy you know I don't think anyone just would was going to garner that completely agree with you man uh we're going to continue this conversation with a couple of other prospects uh but first we got to get to another ad break and when we come back We'll continue the conversation, which I already said. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Um, Scotty, want to do? Let's do Elmer Soderblom. I think he's another guy who's really exciting to think about, but I also think he probably has the smallest percentage chance of making the team out of training camp, unless he, again, unless he wows, which is the big caveat to all of that. Um, on elite prospects, he's already listed next season as playing with Grand Rapids Griffins. So we already have confirmation that he is coming overseas. And we kind of knew that because the next step in his development, we saw him dominate um, with Frulunda, especially in the playoffs. He played fantastic in the playoffs with six points in nine games for Frulunda. But he's going to come over to a smaller ice surface and probably potentially, not potentially, but probably will see AHL playing time to start just so we can adjust to the smaller ice surface. But for a guy his size, and again, again, He's listed at six foot eight, 249 pounds. Boy. His strengths are stride and stick handling. A guy that large to have, be as agile and smooth as he is, is unheard of, which makes him probably, honestly, one of the most, if not the most exciting prospect that Red Wings fans are looking at. Obviously, there's your top, your number one uh, top round picks in Simon Edmondson and Marco Casper, but Elmer Soderblom. I think is that is right up there with those guys just because he's got such a unique mix of physical traits and physical abilities. Yeah, he's one that uh, it's definitely going to take seeing him play this season to see. Like I, I like I, I pretty I think it's pretty safe to say like not making the team uh, like out of camp or out of the preseason or anything, but it, it is a guy that could develop really quickly but i also think they want to take their time with him just because he is such a uh a, a unicorn right yeah. in the sense of like he he's a huge dude that like literally his his strengths are are the the strengths of a uh, a uh, uh, 5'11 person he's almost <laughs> a foot taller than that like so i because he's such a a unicorn and because he's so unique um, I think that they're going to want to like really make sure that he's ready to go to the next, you know, the, the, the next step and the next phase of, of development and the next level, wherever he's at this year to start off the season. Um, so I, I think he's a, I, I love watching him play and I can't wait to have like more access to watching him play this year. Um, but I, I, I can't imagine that it's going to be at the NHL level early on. I mean, we're talking about a guy who, coming into the season was 20 years old playing in one of the best professional leagues in the world with men and getting 20 years old. He's a man as well, but 20 years old had 21 goals and 12 assists for 33 points in 52 games played. And then again, 
exploded on the scene during the playoffs to the point where his head coach was saying that he was the best player on the team mm-hmm. during the playoffs, during their short nine game playoff run where he had three goals and three assists. So he, I think he is a little bit, I won't call him a project player, but there's still a lot of work to be left be done. And that's why I think it's, it's wise to bring him over to the American hockey league to play with grand Rapids. So we can get a taste of American so ice sheets. Do you think AHL opening night? Yes. I, I think that's more than likely again, unless he wows, which is because so, I was saying the same thing about Lucas Raymond last year. That right. He's going to open the night, you know, open the so, season with Grand Rapids. For me, I, I think, I think I, if you, if, if you're confident in an AHL by opening night, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you. I think game 82, he's AHL this year. And then I think next year is when we are having this same conversation we had with Edvinson, but with him. I, I, I think that's probably the most likely situation with him. Uh, he also, cause he's, he can play both wings. And as we've talked at length now in the last couple you know, episodes, the wings are flush with wingers, like absolutely flush with them after all the signs. Very, very, very deep at that position. You know, they signed Cop, who will more, more than likely be the center, but can play wing. They signed Perron, who's a winger. They signed Kubelik, who's a winger. They signed, um, oh my God, I'm drawing a complete blank right here. But, you know, they signed those three guys. Perron? Did you say Perron? I think I said I said Perron. Yeah. You said Perron. You said Kubelik. I said Cop. I mean, my mind. like, well, Those I mean, like, guys, we, already right? have, we already have Bert. We already have Raymond. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that, you have like Zadina, uh, Fabry when he's healthy. Fabry when he's healthy. Yeah. Wow. That was a brain fart of all brain farts. But yeah. <laughs> I was so, like, what is he tripping about that? That those are the signings. For some like, reason, what? my brain had it like there was one more guy. I'm not even going to cut this out. I don't even care. Uh, we ball. We ball boys we ball, uh, and ladies. Um, But yes. I think that he is one of those guys that probably probably next year you're looking at for sure. Jonathan Berger, I think, is probably the, uh, the second most interesting guy to talk about with this conversation. Um, because yeah, I, I think I think he's he he's I, in. A, I, think I think he's he between be the a, most honestly. Yeah. He's between a rock and a hard place. I think to be honest, because he's clear he's too good to play at the Grand Rapids Griffins level. Uh, he he was fantastic last year. Broke their points record for a rookie that was held by Team Poolkinen. And he seems like he's just NHL ready. In fact, we had Andrew uh, Rimaldi on to talk about his season back at the end of the regular season. And he said that Jonathan Bergen looks like he's ready to take the next step. The problem is, is this guy who can play both center and wing, like to start at wing at the NHL level uh, at first, at least to me again, same situation. There's so many wingers. So where do you put him? You want to give a guy like that, you know, meaningful minutes because he seems like a playmaker, a finisher, seems like a guy who could really produce, but you're so backed up with it, with NHL level talent. Where do you slot a guy like this? It's just, it's incredibly, it's a tough situation. That's why I think he's caught between a rock and a hard place. Cause what left does he really have to learn at the Grand Rapids Griffins level, but can he outcompete the guys on the NHL roster already? I'm not sure. Yeah, he's, he's, I think he's the most fascinating one going into camp um, because like, again, we did just flush out a, a, and bring in a ton of forward depth. And I, I think in a perfect world, you're, you're giving him like third or fourth line minutes. And I am certain that he will play minutes for the Detroit Red Wings in this season. It's just a matter of whether that is, um, a at the very start of the season and B how many minutes that is right. 
Um, so it's, it, I, I think that's a fascinating one. I, I, he is right in that in between kind of, kind of stage that you talked about. And when you have someone that that's at that stage in development, you like, you kind of just have to keep putting them where they're going to get the most playing time. But if he's just going down there and, and just, you know, I mean, averaging a point and a half a game, like what's even the point of that? You know what I mean? At a certain point so, it will stunt his growth almost. Right, exactly. We had this conversation with Joe Valeno uh, right, last exactly, year. Like, this exactly. is a perfect Joe Valeno comparison where I feel like yeah. Joe Valeno's, I mean, I don't want to claim his development was stunted, but he played very well at the AHL level and then came up at the NHL level and didn't play so well. So he was relegated to bottom six minutes. And it, just, it feels like his growth just wasn't what it could have been. And so it's just, it's a tough, I really want Jonathan Berger to make the roster. I just where, where do you put him? Yeah, and, and like I said, I'm 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 almost certain that that he's going to to get minutes at, at some point this season. Um, I you know you hope that it's not at the expense of an injury, but no team ever has kept an 100% healthy roster yeah. for 82 games, so it's it's bound to happen at some point. Um, and if it you know if the forward core takes a shot that way, maybe that's a way for him to sneak on there. Um, but yeah, that it's uh it, it is like the only kind of revolving door spot they have right now is fourth line right. I think it is like fourth that line, meaningful minutes. Fourth line right wing is really right. It is really the only spot on the roster where it's like, hey, this is kind of a an opening. And um, you know, would you rather him start the season in the AHL and get off to a hot start and, and dominate people, or would you rather him get eight minutes a night with Adam Ernie and, and uh, Michael Rasmussen slash Joe Valeno. There was a guy I was forgetting. Michael Austin Rasmussen. Zarnick. Oh, Zarnick. yeah. Good call. That was the guy. All right. With that derailing of a conversation, thanks to me. Uh, I think that's a good place to end it. Honestly, I think we, we've got our thoughts pretty well wrapped up on this one. Yep. I think so. In an ideal world, they'd all be ready, and I want to see them all in the NHL roster now, but that's just not how it works. So we will well, see. Well, I mean, thankfully, we brought in enough free agents where, like, it's not going to be – it's not going to be like, oh, my goodness, we have to watch someone who's a Band-Aid player and just going to be here for a year yeah. while we suck again. Like, it's like, okay, like, we actually have actual talent ahead of them now. Well, and again, because I got to keep repeating myself and hammering it home, you know, none of these roster spots should just be given to the rookies, and I completely agree sure. with that. Uh, Steve Eisman, he made the roster a ton better. And that's what makes it such a difficult conversation to have because there's no one that you can just say that Simon Edmondson at 21 years old will come over and replace this guy. You know, I think actually Edmondson's 19. I was confusing him with. Yeah, he's 19 or 20. Yeah. Edmondson, 19 years old, is going to come over and then just replace this NHL vet who's a Band-Aid. Like it should be a competition. So it's, it's a sure. good problem to have. For sure. Um, thanks for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every single day. Now make your second listen Lockdown NHL. Lockdown and, uh, experts give you your, give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Lockdown NHL, your daily 30-minute podcast. Um, any final thoughts, man? We ball. We ball. We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow, Friday episode. Um, and that is the final episode of our five day a week format until mm. the start of training camp, I believe. So all yeah. of next, we'll week, have a big, like more. 
big announcement tomorrow, obviously. Yeah. But and then we'll so, probably repeat it again on on Monday's show. <laughs> yeah. So we'll be going down to three episodes a week next week, and then all of August until sometime in September, just because it's the dead period of the off season. But just want to give you guys a heads up. Same time, same place. It's your team. Every day. Every day. <laughs>